my neck and my back. Okay. Hey guys, this is Bruce. Welcome to Combo Courses Podcast. And this is going to be completely open topics, but just to set this off, like who am I? My name is Bruce. I've been doing cybersecurity since the year 2000. Um, I've been doing it for the private sector, the public sector, mostly GRC type stuff. That's governance, risk and compliance, information security, cybersecurity in general. I've done many different aspects of this career field. So this is a great opportunity to ask somebody who's in the field. If, you're, if you've been looking to get into this field, I'm going to tell you honestly what this is all about. If you are already in this field and you're trying to level up, um, I've been leveling up for quite some time. I could tell you about that. I'll tell you honestly how this what how this is going, whether you should get in this field. One of the questions I get sometimes is, hey, you know, what about artificial intelligence? Will that take my job? You know, those are questions I can answer uh, because I've been doing this for quite some time. I've worked for NASA. I've worked for Department of Defense, all branches of the military. I've worked for the private sector um, and you name it, I can, I'll do my very best to answer it. One of the best things about this community is I've got other professionals who follow me, who jump on this thing, and they can actually answer the same questions I'm answering from a different perspective. And so that's why I do these things every week is to, so that people who are trying to come in, we can talk to them and people who are already in, who are trying to level up, I can say, Hey, here's what I did. And, and so, and also just open topics. If you just had a, happen to have a question about cybersecurity or information technology in general, then we could talk about that. We don't talk about flat earth stuff. We don't really talk about conspiracy stuff. I've got, I'm getting questions like that on, uh, on TikTok. Man, TikTok got to level up, man. You guys got to level up. I need better questions on TikTok. It's driving me crazy. What do you think about flat earthers? Um, I think that's a complete waste of time. I think it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. Um, even if the even if that was true, like what, how's that going to make you more money? Like what, it's just a waste of time to consider it, <laughs> but it's funny though. Thank you. Thanks for asking that question. Any and all questions, guys. I got no agenda today. I did bring up my questions from YouTube. The earth is square. I like that. I like that. That's a new take. Have you ever heard of earth is, uh, uh, space is fake? Have you ever heard that one? <laughs> Space is fake. Oh, man, that's so funny. Oh, my Lord. That one, me and my kid, man, we just crack up about that one. That's one of my favorite. I think that's my favorite conspiracy theory. I don't even know. Is that a conspiracy theory? There's so many. This One thing I like about the Internet is that everybody has an opportunity to say what they really feel. <laughs> that's a good and bad thing. I mean, that's not always good because there's some dummies on here. Okay, let me see. Somebody said, what job opportunities are out there after I finish Google cybersecurity course? Um, so it's one rude awakening that uh, I want to, that people have is that thinking that a, a, a cert is going to just get you right into uh, any any job. Um, the thing you got to focus on is experience. And that's I'm not trying to dissuade you from doing this. IT is an awesome field, man. It's it's really, it's allowed me to travel the world. It's allowed me to take care of my family. It's allowed me to have a great life, right? No matter what happens to me, no matter what happens to the economy, I'm, I'm always employed. And that's because of cybersecurity. So 
one thing you need to focus on if you're just starting out is getting experience. It's really important because most employers, they want you to be able to do the work. They don't want you to just uh, be able to spout off, you know, um, I don't know, IPv4, all the the octets of IPv4 or something like that, you know, like, or, you know, like the ports and protocols, they, they, they don't want you to just know knowledge. They want you to be able to do things. And what I mean by that is like, know how to use tools, like know how to use Splunk, know how to use, uh, I don't know, um, Tenable, know how to know how to connect a network, put a network together, know how to use a firewall, know how to uh, uh, put a computer on a network, know how to secure a laptop. They want you to know how to do things. So I'm not, and I'm, and I want you to get a, a cert. You should get a certification. And if you have the opportunity, if you have the time, money, energy, resources to get a degree, app, you should absolutely do that. App, a degree is awesome. It's still, I know talk people talk crap about it. And you know what? I have the same feelings about the degree programs, but I'm telling you to get your foot in the door to have a deeper understanding of, of, of technology in general. A degree is is very, very valuable. But above your certifications, above your degree, the thing that you need to do right now is get some experience. It's the most important thing you can do. So I would say focus your energy also on getting that experience. Um, let me see. Somebody said, I'm doing that cybersecurity course in Google, but I'm going to try to get two or three certs like security plus and by all means like if you get a cert like I, I keep hearing people say oh you just get this cert getting a job look if you can get a job with a cert then do it but what I'm telling you is to build up to level up get that get your foot in the door get your however you do it like if you're going to a boot camp you're going to a certification clad that where they're saying hey get this cert and then we'll hire you do it. Like if you can get your foot in the door, any way you can do it. Or if you happen to already be in retail, like maybe you happen to already work, work in the stocking in a Walmart or something, but you see the IT team and, and Walmart has a program to level to allow you to laterally train into IT and work over there. Get that experience any way you can. But then you you level up, take that experience, put on your resume, level up, go to another job, go to Target um, to make even more money or whatever you, you know, whatever you do. But the experience is the most important thing. So focus on the experience while you're getting your degree, while you're getting your certification. Let me see. I got some questions here on um, on YouTube. Maybe I'll bring this up. I, wow, I'm getting a lot of questions here. This is crazy. The reception, the reception is, has increased, and that's that's really great. Um, talk about degrees. You think it's better to get a computer science <clears throat> degree over a cybersecurity degree? Could my degree in uh, this is two questions. I'll answer them both. Somebody said, could my degree in, in comp science, computer science apply to computer security? That seems like a whole different field. Yes. So let me answer this question. So I've been doing this for quite some time. So like I said in the beginning of this, if you didn't see it, I work for the private sector, the public sector. Um, I work for Department of Defense. I work for NASA. I work for, and I'm telling you, my peers don't always have a computer security degree. In fact, most of them have just. There's a a group of of uh, degrees that are typically uh, sought after, um, and they're they are called STEM. 
That's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. If you have a degree, bachelor's degree is optimal because a master's degree, of course, is awesome. Um, I say PhD is really for specialized. Like if you're really trying to specialize, you're a scientist, you're specializing in something, then okay, you know, PhD, but typically that's some other shit. If you're trying to get in the workforce as a manager, master's degree. If you're trying to just get in the workforce and just level up, make some good money, a six-figure salary, bachelor's degree. And uh, in STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, they will take somebody with those degrees, with a degree in one of those. Here's the caveat. Um, if you don't have an IT or computer degree, some sort of computer degree, then they're going to expect you to have some kind of experience. And that's why I highlight and underline and make bold the experience is super important. That's the most, it is the top of the pyramid. Like you need experience. Um, I've, just to give you an example, I worked for uh, a department in the Air Force as an information system security officer. I was doing cybersecurity. My degree is in information technology from the University of Phoenix. University of Phoenix. I don't want to talk bad about it because I did learn a lot from there, but it's not a, it's not Harvard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all. It's not hard. Let's just put it that way. It's not freaking Harvard. It's not Yale. It's not Ivy League. So it's an accredited school though. So that's one thing. It needs to come from an accredited school, accredited college. Um, that said, I'm working there in the Air Force for this department and we're working on this program, whatever, right? And I'm doing their system security plans and I'm doing meetings with system engineers and stuff. So there was a guy in our crew who had a degree in um, Egyptology. Now, this is an outlier, but he had a degree. He had a, either a bachelor or a master's in Egypt, Egypt, Egyptology. And there was another guy who was is obsessed with Egypt. <laughs> I think it was archaeology. I don't remember. But um, there's another guy who had a double E. He had, a, he had an electrical engineering degree. He had two. He had a bachelor's and a master's in electrical engineering. Both of these guys, what they both had in common is that they had experience in the field we were working in. They had worked as one guy was ex-military and he had, I want to say he did IT in the military, but I don't, I don't recall. And then the other guy, he had done, he had less experience. He, I don't think he was military. And if it wasn't, it wasn't IT. He had experience doing policy stuff for another organization. And that was the guy with the degree in Egypt. So the thing is, they just wanted to get their, they got their foot in the door by having experience, previous experience. And they weren't, they didn't have an IT degree. I had an IT degree. Um, another degree, another dude had a, our boss had a master's degree in information technology or information, uh, information systems, something like that. So nobody had a computer science degree. Nobody had a computer security degree. So that's what I wanted. Now, one of the things at that place that, that I was at, they, they required us to have a, a, a professional level cert. We all had to have CISSPs. They hired me without a CISSP. Um, but they said, look, we need you to have a CISSP within X months. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get that. I'll get that CISSP. 
I didn't get to see ISSP, but they had already hired me. And then, like, you know, eight months later, like, hey, Bruce, like, what's going on with the cert, man? Like, we really – I said, oh, you, yeah, my bad. I said, look, I was just nervous to take the test. I went ahead and took this. I'll say, I said, look, I'll take the security plus. And they said, okay, but we really need to have a CISP. And I, I took the security plus, I passed it. And then um, I was hoping that that would prepare me for the CISSP. So it, it did. And I ended up taking it after like one year anyway. So what I want you to understand is that you don't have to have a computer security degree. You don't necessarily have to have a computer science degree. You can have something in STEM with experience in IT, even help desk, help desk, uh, computer technical support. Um, uh, you, shoot, man, laying cables down. If you lay, lay, if you are putting cables down, you know the difference between Cat five and, and fiber optics. That'll help you out. Um, you you, part, you need to have some knowledge. Like you're gonna have to have some knowledge on routers and 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 how that works and stuff and IP addresses and things like that. Like it would it would be really beneficial for you to learn that kind of stuff. If you're if you're a cable jockey, you're laying cables down. Like you need to have some technical uh, knowledge. So the the main thing is getting the experience, and you can get this experience while you're in school. And that that's why I encourage, I encourage all college students to no matter what age. Start getting experience while you're in school, because that's what they're really, really looking for is somebody who can hit the ground running. Do you think WGU is worth it? Yes. Man, they must have some good advertising because people keep asking me that. Uh, cert, certs are key. What are you saying? Mm, uh, that's not That hasn't been my experience. Certs are key. What are you saying? I don't know. That's, that hasn't been... My what they really want is experience. Um, but certs are good. I'm not telling you don't get certs. I mean, half my freaking content is about certifications. So if you, if you can, if you have the opportunity to get one, get them. But I'm saying you get a certification, it's not automatically you can get your foot in the door. But if you have experience and what that organization is looking for, that's going to win every time over certs. I would say even over degrees. I know I knew some dudes, my first mentors. Neither one of them had a degree or a certification. They're just very, very smart and had experience doing what we were doing. And that's why they were hired. And they were making more money than any other IT guy. What do you think I should do to get into security, cybersecurity in the government? Um, what I would do <clears throat> is start looking right now. Go to Indeed.com. Go to uh, USJobs.com. Go to um, State Department's hiring. Um, the State Department's hiring. Who else? Department of Defense might be taking applications. A lot of government organizations are hurting right now for cybersecurity. Hurting for cybersecurity people. And so you should really look into that like look at the market is what i'm saying right and and then once you've looked at the market like you see okay these guys are looking for jobs these guys are looking look for the qualifications what's the minimum requirements that i should have for a government job in cybersecurity? so they're gonna typically gonna look for people with experience if you don't have experience if you happen to be a student if you happen to be a student already you can get internships and apprenticeships 
you happen to be like a student, you're working in an accredited school and you're working on your bachelor's or master's or even maybe an associate's, you might be able to get yourself. You got to look for these things. They're they're there, but you got to look for them. Indeed, LinkedIn, Dice.com, Monster, they're there, but you got to look for them. Um, The first thing I would do if I had no experience, I'm straight, straight out of high school or I'm coming from another career path. What I would do is the first thing I do is go on YouTube and look for some free content where people like myself are talking about this field because you might not even want to do this. You might not want this is not for everybody. You know, don't just be blinded by the money because the lifestyle of this. What I do is different. Like it takes a different mindset. That's why they're looking for people with STEM, because it takes a different mindset. People in STEM have that mindset. STEM is science, technology, engineering, mathematics. They have the mindset that it takes to do IT. So I would first, first thing you should do if you have zero experience, zero knowledge, zero, is go on YouTube and look for like people talking like myself about this field, about the field you want to do. And, and understand this is a very, very, very broad field. IT breaks into several different parts. An IT alone, you have cloud engineers, cloud administrators, cloud architects. You have network architects, network engineers. You got cybersecurity. Cybersecurity breaks into a whole other bunch of parts. You got to fine tune like where you want to go. And then the, and then when you start to get the knowledge, like if you're, you're like, yep, this is what I want to do. Start to crack open the books and start learning stuff. If you can go to school, go get some. What I did was I got certifications, but what I was doing is using the certifications to learn the 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 knowledge and another thing i was in i was in the military so that helped me out quite a bit too somebody said hi are you still married to the, to that filipino girl <laughs> man it's crazy i used to have this famous uh well i used to have a popular uh site where me and my wife at the time no we got divorced she divorced me <laughs> but i used to have this popular me and her did this YouTube channel together. It got super popular. We're still friends. We're close, but she done moved on. Hi, are you still married to that girl? How's your marriage? We divorced about two years ago. She moved on to different things. She's very happy. She's doing her thing. We moved on. So that's life, man. Nothing's permanent. Uh, let me see. I know nothing about the civilian market, but I'm in the Navy 10 years. Oh, man, we could talk. Emmanuel, let me see. Um, okay, Emmanuel says, want to join the reserves, but want to land an IT job in the military. I'm 35. Is it still possible? Um, I think you could join the reserves at 35. I'm pretty sure. I think there's a cutoff with... with uh, with officers have a cutoff, and then I think enlisted men have a cutoff. But I think you can still go on the reserve at 35. But there is a cutoff, and it's around 34, 35. I don't re- Emmanuel, I don't recall. Somebody on here might know. But uh, I think there is an age cutoff for the military. And if you want to do IT, if it would, it would help if you have some IT background because they'll slip you right into – so somebody said Navy enlisted reservist is 42. Oh, okay. So I guess for reservist is pretty high. So I think you're still good. And if you want to go into IT, just go into a recruiter's office is what I would do. Go into a recruiter's office in the branch you want and then sit down 
with them and start asking them questions and they'll guide you through the process. Tell them exactly what you want. And um, they'll send you to, the great thing about the military is that they'll send you to school. They'll pay all for all your schools. All the military schools you go to have credits like you can literally get out of the military after four years, have a degree already. Um, they also pay for all your certifications. And then the best thing is that you're going to get experience real hardcore experience on on some important systems so my best experience came from the military it's baptism by fire because they really throw you in there and um they're not gonna baby you <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna after the military you will you will know your stuff um if you're in it so um yeah that's it's not a bad choice i would just say this um as i said in one of my other videos is that I would go in for more than one thing because military is quite a commitment. And you might be thinking, well, I'm just going to go in for a bit for uh, for learning for IT. And then you get sent to a war zone and then you got to rethink things. That's that's what happened to me. Like I was in a war zone, man. I was in multiple war zones and I was just rethinking like, damn, you know, is this what am I doing? I miss my kids first steps, you know. And I'm like, damn, like maybe this wasn't. And then I went to a, a place that was a combat zone. And I was just thinking, man, my kid might not have a father. I didn't think about that. And then when I got back, then they were like, um, hey, we need somebody to go to Iraq. <laughs> and they were eyeballing me. I'm like, I'm done. I just come, came back from Afghanistan. These fools trying to send me to to, to uh, Iraq right after that. And I'm like, oh, my, enlist, my enlistment was up. I'm like, nah, I'm done. So just just be mindful of that. You know, it's no joke. Military is no joke. The U.S. military is no joke. There's several hot zones right now they can send your ass to. And they will send your ass. So just think about that. And I'm not telling you don't go, but have a good reason. Because <laughs> um, if so, anything you can suggest to become a better speaker, programs, you can suggest. Yeah, 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 Michael. Doing doing lives like this. This right here. When I first started doing this, I did this with my with my ex-wife. We we started this channel. And uh let me tell you something. I was very nervous. I was very, very nervous. And um I didn't want to do it. And and I was just doing it to educate people. We're educating people on the visa program. And um this was like 10 years ago. This is this, this like eight, nine, eight, nine years ago. It was, it was quite a while ago, my first video. And I was doing lives like this. I don't have a script. I'm just speaking straight off the dome. And uh, I was very nervous. I had like a, a little outline of what I wanted to talk about. And I just did it over and over and over again. I didn't think it would have such an impact on my on my life, but something crazy happened to me. So I, I was working it with the Verizon, and um, one of my coworkers got me got me at Verizon, and um, great job. It was a great job, and um, I had to do presentations for this group of professionals, IT professionals, all of which smarter than me. They had firewall people. You had uh, talented cybersecurity analysts you had security app people you had cloud engineers and these guys were 
really smart dudes, like very practically real good engineers. And um, I got on there and I'm doing presentations for this stuff we had. And I was just nailing it. And I didn't realize I was nailing it. They were quiet. After the presentation, they they looked at me and they took me aside and they're like, you know, that was really good. <laughs> they said, that was really good. I was like, what do you mean? It was like that we don't our our presentations don't normally go like that. And then they started pattern. I noticed some of the other guys start patterning their presentations to look like mine. And it's because I'd done lives back to back for like five, six years straight with my ex-wife. So um, and my ex, my ex wife, like I shouldn't call her that. She's she's a very close friend. My my very close friend, we would do these lives and I, I just did them over and over again for like five, six years straight doing these like once a week or something. And um, I just after a while, you just get this rhythm. And so that that's what I would say. Somebody said Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a good organization that will help you with public speaking. Yeah, I've heard of Toastmasters before. Um, and I've heard that was a real good one. They do kind of baptism by fire too. They have you speak in front of an audience and stuff. And what I've heard and another one's called the rotor rotary club. I want to say I've heard like there's different clubs that will allow you to do public speaking. Another one is when I, I used to teach and, uh, I'd have to like what I'm doing here, but I would do it for like NIST 800 and D Diacap. And I would go to these different States and countries. And then I would teach in front of people. And that, but because I, <laughs> I'd done that so many times, like after a while, just, I don't know, you just, you know how to recover. If you mess up, you, I think one of the things is that you don't have to always be right. And, and what helps me is that it's a conversation. That's why I call it combo courses, because if you, if you were, if you, view public speaking as a conversation between you and the audience it's very different if if it's if it's between you if i'm having a conversation with you right and i'm just telling you how i feel and my experience is based off i'm telling you my truth it's not you it might not be your truth and and that said you might have a truth that you could tell to me and we're we're basically sharing information with one another and i'm learning from you as much as you're learning from me and it's a conversation between us. And when you see it like that, it makes it much easier to speak in public. I mean, that's that's one of the techniques that that I've used. So I hope that helps. Said, man, I suck on lives. Bro, you are a natural with it. I I swear to you, I'm an introvert, man. I don't I I'm a, I am a I'm a true introvert. You are looking at somebody who is truly an introvert. I can truly I <laughs> you don't hang you will not see me hanging out at bars you will not see me hanging out at clubs it's very rare i do that kind of if i do it it's a very special occasion um i just don't you know i'm an introvert so public speaking is not my thing okay let me see what do i have on tiktok um what do you know about submarine life as an it i, I have no idea enlighten me what do you mean is that like submarine, like Navy, working in the Navy as an IT person, like a nuke or something? Or Bruce, my man, I'm a cybersecurity professional as well. 
you are you have you always have great content. Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Um I don't know if you if you do if you sell coaching or not, but I'd be willing to pay you for mentorship. Well, I really don't have anything right now. I don't have time. I have a full time job. Um, I've considered doing this like a paid thing like this where I teach people ISO stuff. But that's something that we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm thinking about it. We'll, you never know. Uh, something stuff comes up sometimes. Is IT hard? Is information technology hard? It depends. I would say some parts of it is very hard. It's kind of like, think of it like a me the medical field. In the medical field, you have many different levels and layers of professionals. You've got your doctors and your surgeons and your anesthesiologists. That's hard, right? That's super hard. There's very high stakes. It, not everybody can do that. It takes eight years to get there. The IT, IT and cybersecurity has an equivalent of of a of a surgeon like a a high stake that's your like probably your architects your directors your your cisos your your c-level security execs like fiduciary they have a fiduciary responsibility to take care of the organization they have to know several different things and everything's on the line Th those guys are typically sometimes you have a, a consultant who's a phd on staff there is a high level position in an organization and those are typically high high stress high level you know they get all shares of the company they get paid a lot of money but it's a lot of there's a lot at stake at their level and then you have your mid tier people that where it's difficult it's it's a big learning curve but it's it's you know most people can achieve that level and it gets paid pretty good right that would be like your Probably your technical assistants in in healthcare, your technical assistants, like your X-ray technicians, your they're like engineer type people in the in IT. Your your nurses, right? Your high level nurses, your LPNs, those those folks, like they're like your your workers, your ops people. And in IT it would probably be your like your cybersecurity analysts and your your firewall uh, technicians. And you're it's hard, but you can do it right. It's not high stress. It's like you just go in, you do your work. It probably took you six years to get to that level or, or four or five years or whatever it is to get to that level. And then they're paying six figures or whatever, but it's not multiple six figures that you'd get up here with all the extra stress of C-levels. Then you have some, like a novice, like they're not necessarily entry level, but they've been at this for some time and it's not necessarily easy. But it's not, there's not a, the learning curve is not crazy like nursing, right? So that would probably be like your, probably like a certified nursing assistant or your billing, your, your bill, your billers, your medical billers, right? In, in healthcare and IT, that'd probably be, that would be like your entry level IT, your help desk people, your help desk people with like three years of experience. That would probably be them. Like it's, they, they had to do some work to get to that point. The learning curve is not super high. They haven't specialized in something where um, where it's weeding out a lot of people, right? And so I would say help desk is that mid. It's not super hard, but it's not entry level necessarily. And then below that, you've got some easier jobs where it's like you can, you can, 
most people could do those jobs. And is it hard? I mean, not necessarily. And that would be if you're entry level, field tech one, help desk tier one, uh, computer uh, technical support one. Like you're coming in and you're just doing like one or two different tasks and then that's it. The equivalent of healthcare industry will probably be like an orderly or something or, or a CNA certified nursing assistant who's just started or something. So they can come in. Maybe they took a few classes and they got a certification and then now they're qualified to do basic things like I don't know what they do, like draw blood or something, whatever they do and uh, or put band-aids on people, whatever they I don't know what they do. Right. Even though my my ex was doing that for many years, I don't know what they do. But um, in I.T., the equivalent would be like an entry level field tech one or like a help desk one, something like that. Somebody coming in who they didn't require you to have a degree. They don't require you to have a they just want you to have a GED and they want you to have, um, of course, the knowledge. But you can come in. They're not going to pay you a lot, but you can come in and, and do that work. Those jobs exist, by the way. What, are they hard? It still depends. You know, <laughs> it depends. Um, there are some jobs that are not hard. I've done I've done those jobs that are not hard and they're IT jobs. So they do exist. Um, let me see here. Kenny says, how valuable is an an AS cybersecurity? That's associates, community college degree in cyberspace. Um, it's I would say it's pretty valuable. And here's why I say that, Kenny. And this maybe this is not a popular opinion, but uh it's a great way to level up. Like it's it's a great first step. Um, it's with an associate's degree. In, in STEM, in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, um, it's going to help you to get something like an internship. It's going to help you to get your foot in the door at a, job, at a job so you can get the experience. What's more, what's of equal or greater value is going to be experience. So what, what I would do is once I got that associate's degree in information technology or in IT, um, or in information systems or in cybersecurity or whatever, your associate's degree is I would be on track to get a bachelor's degree. So that way on your, on your, now hear me out on your resume, you'll be able to say working on, on bachelor's degree, associate's degree at, at university of Phoenix, whatever in cybersecurity, you know, put in year, whatever, whatever. And then bachelor's degree right under that, I'd say bachelor's degree pending. And the reason why you do that is a little trick because some of the people who hire are going to be looking for somebody with a bachelor's degree. And so they what they do is they search for, I want a help desk technician who has a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity. Well, you have that on your resume, even though you're just working on that degree. So it gives you leverage. An AS in cybersecurity gives you leverage to both put the bachelor's degree on your, well, actually that degree itself it gives you leverage, but also you'll be able to say with full confidence from your full chest working on a bachelor's degree because you already have the 30 credits or 60 credits that you need to actually work towards a bachelor's degree. You legitimately put a bachelor's degree on there, right, and be working on it. And then um, and then also some jobs are looking for associate's degrees. So get your foot in the door. So I, I would say that's that's very valuable. Just my opinion, though. Just my two cents.
Um, somebody said, uh, is there a degree for cybersecurity? Yes. And somebody said, uh, let me see here. Certifications versus degrees. And somebody said both, but experience is key. I agree. Experience is key. Get get your certification, get your degree. That's cool. I'll say degree outranks a, a degree outranks a it goes like this. Um experience is key. Right below that degree, right below that certifications. That's how that's that's how employers see it. Now, I'm not telling you to not get a degree or a certification. I'm telling you, yes, get it. While you're getting it, get your experience. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Because that's because employers want you to be able to do the work. Now, they don't want you to just know what's the top 25 ports or whatever. You know, they want you to know how to do the work. It's hard to gain experience. Well, um, it's it's not it's not popular, right? Like everybody, there's all these places where you can get a certification people will take your money all day long and get a certification or whatever the, there's all these programs set out but there's not a lot of places where you can just sign up and get experience the best opportunities to gain experience outside of working for any for a company so um what i would do is number one is um start where you're at so let's say you you already work in um retail you work in finance self-sector, you worked in, you work in a, a healthcare facility, you were wherever you work, military, whatever, wherever you work, look for the IT people there and talk to them. You might not want to do this. You know, you might not want to do first do your research, see if you even want to do this. Look, if I want to be an, an x-ray technician, the first thing I'm going to do is see if that's even a job I want to do. Because a lot of people have a misconception about IT, a misconception about one of my friends, when I was a cop, one of my friends was had these fantasies about being a cop, and they they wanted to be a cop so bad it was a dream job. And we, we were all going to the police academy, and uh, we got in there, and it, it she didn't it wasn't what she thought it was. They we had to res respond to domestic disputes. We had to respond. And they would do these simulations where you had to know whether or not you should shoot, and not this job's not for everybody. That's what's wrong with policing in the U.S. Is they try to put everybody in these jobs and it, it's not for everybody. You have to be extremely mature. IT, it takes a certain mindset and a certain mentality to do this work. I would say it's, it takes a person who is patient, a patient with learning, not necessarily a patient emotionally or whatever, because you could be. I mean, I, I meet some <laughs> some. Um, some people who are not very good emotionally, they're not very mature, but they can do this job, but they're very patient with learning. Like if you're somebody who could sit down and learn something, program your VCR, <laughs> I'm dating myself. Or if you could, you're a type of person who can reconfigure their phone, like sit back and reconfigure, like put stuff on your phone and, you know, uh, you know, put you, you have, not everybody has the patience to learn this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So with IT, you have to have a certain level of patience. Not everybody that has it. So number one, if I was if I was trying to be an X-ray technician, first thing I would do is say, okay, 
is this something I want to do? Um, and I would look, I would go on YouTube or Google and search x-ray technicians. I would look for somebody who is an x-ray technician and let them talk about it. Maybe they have a whole channel. It's all they talk about is their adventures in x-ray technicians. They're, they've got them. I'm, I guarantee somebody has a channel that all they talk about x-ray technicians. Listen to that person talk and then ask them questions like, how do you like the job? What's going on with it? Then that's the same thing you need to do with IT work. You might not want to do this job. And then if you if you find you like it, you're at your job, you find the IT people, you talk to those IT people and you, you sit down with them and you say, you, this is what I want to do. And then ask them, ask that person, like, how did you get this job as an IT person in our in this facility? And then see if you can shadow them and actually do the work. And if you can shadow them and help them, that's experience. That's experience. Now, think about this, though. To do to actually work on that router or work on that Wi-Fi or work on those computers, you have to actually know some stuff. You have to actually know some stuff. So you have you will have to sit down and learn basic information technology stuff. All right, let me see. Jonathan says, is there a lot of remote jobs in cybersecurity or information technology in general? If so, are we able to work from a different country, meanwhile, employed in the U.S.? I'm surprised more people don't ask me this question because this is something that I've been doing for many years. I've been working for from home for the last seven years now, and I've worked from other countries. And some right now I can't do it like I'm working for the government. I can't take their I can't take their laptop out of the country. So. I'm stuck here in the U.S., unfortunately. But if you look at some of my old videos, I'm like in the Philippines. I'm, I'm in Thailand. I'm like I'm all over the place. Um, I was going to go to freaking Africa. I was going to go to UAE, Dubai, like so many Canada, UK, like so many places I want to go to. But right now I'm I'm at a, this government job and I can't take their laptop. So that's out. But to answer your question, Jonathan, yes, you can't like I've worked at my last job. As a matter of fact, um, I was working for a pharmaceutical organization for a few months. I did like a part time thing with them and uh, they're paying pretty good. Um, and. Man, so I was working from home, but I could have been work from anywhere at that time. Because my coworkers, one of them was working in. Uh, he was in Ireland and we jump on calls together. He's in Ireland. <laughs> he just visit family in Ireland. And then another guy's in India. He was visiting family in, in India. And we we're just, whenever we have our calls, we just jump on do our calls. We we're creating documents together. So yes, the answer is yes, you can. You got to find the jobs for them. They're very competitive. They're very competitive. It took me months to get, to get, to get that job. And then um, the job before that, was with Verizon and that traveled. I traveled a lot and some of those travels were outside the country, but this job didn't care what country I was in. I could have been anywhere. As long as I got to the site when they needed me to be there as a consultant, they didn't care where I was and I could take their laptop, everything, you know, as long as that, I just have to tell them there's policies. Every organization has certain policies that you have to be mindful of. Like the one I'm at now, they say, look, if you wherever you go, you need to let us know because, you know, you have the government laptop. You're not allowed to go this country, not allowed to go that country. They have laws and stuff 
called like ITAR or whatever, International Travel uh, Regulation. I don't remember what it is, but they have different laws and stuff that apply to you. But yes, you can totally do cybersecurity information technology jobs from anywhere. You got to find them. They're hard to get. Um, they're very, very competitive, um, but they do exist. What are the recommended places to do a six-month skill bridge program to get initial CSIA experience? What is a CI? What is a CSIA? Is that cyber? Is that cybersecurity information assurance experience, or is that computer science information? What does that mean? It's cybersecurity information assurance. What are, what are the recommended places to do six month skill? I don't I'm not sure about that, Marcus. Maybe somebody on this call might might know. I apologize. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not familiar with that program. Uh, what do you think about data engineering? I, I don't I have not done a data engineering. From my, my understanding, you're helping to manipulate data on a, from a database and you're putting it in like reports and stuff. Um. I don't know much about data uh, engineering. So, but somebody on this call might know. Does anybody know about the CSIA uh, pro six month bridge programs for initial CSIA jobs? <laughs> um, and does anybody know about data engineering? What's surprising is a lot of people who watch me will have that experience. And I, you know, even though I don't, somebody else will have it. It's DevOps plus engineering, basically. Oh, okay. Pipelines automating data. Yeah, I don't. That's not my. That's not my field of expertise. See, IT is so big. Like that is so huge. Like there's so many branches and stuff. You know, my lane is mostly cybersecurity, doing information assurance type stuff. I have a little bit of exposure to to things here and there, but for the most part. My experience is mostly uh, compliance. Um, let me see. What do you do? So I'm I'm an information system security officer for a three-letter organi government organization. I'm a contractor with this organization. And um, what I do for them is is um, overall what we're doing is managing their security posture, meaning they're at a certain level of security. And what we're trying to do is keep them at that level of security. If there's any major changes, we have to be a part, we cybersecurity people have to be a part of the process of making sure that that change that happens is not going to alter the security posture so it stays at a certain level it's constantly moving because we have the system so huge that there's constantly things being taken out and putting in and then we've got you got hundreds of users who are downloading stuff and running things and you can see what's going like there's data going back and forth and everything so i'm part of the flow of data coming into the system and going out of the system so sometimes they involve me in the the cybersecurity uh the security operations center like some some of the stuff that they do, I'm involved with it. 
so that's the data going in and out and making sure that you know there, if there's something happens i got to work with the system engineers the the it team to see okay hey could you guys go check out the system or maybe i'll contact the user and say hey did you download this software right here what's going on with this and, but the biggest thing i do is help manage the vulnerabilities so vulnerabilities will come in like we'll have this flood of vulnerabilities from vendors, right? Because think about Microsoft, your computer, when it has that little update says, hey, we're gonna shut off your computer so we can update this patch or whatever, right? So in, in a large environment where you can't have computers just randomly turning off and on again, you gotta manage all that stuff. You gotta, it's gotta be controlled, scheduled and stuff. So we can't just update everything, it could break things. So we've gotta take it all step by step by step. And if you have a hundred thousand systems, then that that's that's a whole job right there. That's a whole job. And so that's mainly what I do is like I'll have meetings with um, with technical people and I'll have a meeting with managers and we'll say, OK, how can we fix this? What can we do about this? What did you guys do about this? What it's kind of like a program manager, to be honest with you, like it's, I'm like a technical program manager in a way because I'm not really hands on. I mean, I have to do a little bit of of. Um, security operating center stuff and i've got to do a little bit i've got to know some of the tools for scanning and things like that but for the most part it's it's like i'm a i'm like a program manager who has who's smart on it stuff um jonathan says that's awesome dude what is there a way where i can work full time at a plumbing company i definitely want to try to get in the cyber field I was wondering if they take part-time employment. Um, so, Jonathan, I have done part-time employment. Like some of my best jobs have been part-time. Um, they pay better, <laughs> to be honest with you. And um, what I did was work it out with them. Now, I happen to have, like you as a plumber, you know, as a professional, one professional to another, when you go to a client, they you're expected to know certain things, you know. So... And it's no different in IT. When you come in, they expect you to know certain things. Like, I'm not going to hire a plumber to fix my, I don't know, my garbage disposal. And they don't even know to turn off the water and the electricity first. You know, you know what I mean? Like, there's certain professional level things that they, basic things that that plumber needs to know to do what they do. So the answer is yes, you can do a part time. I've done it myself a few times. Like I have a full time job and then like I'll have a, take a part time gig on the side for like a few months or whatever. But that those both of those are expecting me to have a certain level of skill set so I can get in there and hit the ground running. Like I'm talking about I come in and I'm like, why are you guys doing this? You guys to fix this, this and this. Have you thought about doing this? Like I'm literally doing that kind of thing. Like I come in, they give me their documents. I'm like looking at them like, hey, you know, you should do this. And they're like, we never thought of that. You know, <laughs> so, yes, you can do it. Um, I've done it a couple times. Like one time an organization contacted me and they just want me to do their documents. They just sent me over their documents and say, hey, we we got a, an assessment soon. Like, could you do these documents? You know, here here's the documents right here. What do you think? Is there any way? That, and I'm looking through them like, OK, yeah, this is this is good. But here's what we should do. And then I would like give that that first draft to them and they look at it and say, OK. So that's just two of the part-time jobs that I've done. One was like um, consulting to help them with their documentation. And the other ones, like literally I was writing it from scratch. 
So, yes, there's jobs, but they're going to expect you to hit the ground running where you can do part time. Uh, let me see here. TikTok. How do classmates say that tech systems has some jobs? Check LinkedIn. I know that they're a tier one help desk. Yeah, there's, there's so many jobs out there. It, it blows my mind when people are like, there's no jobs. I can't find jobs. I'm like, what? I think I think a lot of times in the U.S. when they say that there's no jobs, what they mean is there's no jobs that they want. Because there's jobs. But when you with your the first jobs you take are not going to be the ones that are going to pay really good. They're going to probably be out of state, sometimes out of the country because there's jobs they'll take you. But they're in like Kuwait. They're in like Kuwait. and they're gonna pay you but it's like well you you have to be away from your family for about a year i've done that it's not fun it's not easy those jobs exist man nike has jobs had a pen test position starting at three hundred thousand. wow that's crazy that's crazy i've had a couple people jump on here and tell me they were making $200,000, $300,000 doing IT stuff. Mind-blowing. I know it exists, but I want to get into cybersecurity, but requirements be like bachelor's degree. Um, you got to start off, stand bold. You got to start off small, man. Like I think, like I said, I think the problem is when people say there's no jobs and stuff. No, there's jobs, man. But you got to start off. You got to start off from the beginning and those beginning jobs aren't what you want. Like you're probably not willing to leave your current job to go work at a local field tech one position that's having you go all over town fixing people's laptops. But those are the kind of first jobs that you have to start off with. And they're paying like they're paying like $19 an hour or something, $15 an hour. You know, they're not paying a lot to start. And then when you when you say bachelor's degree, yes. Yeah, so the kind of jobs that you're going to start off with without a degree are going to be those jobs are going to be those jobs that are not paying maybe twenty dollars an hour. And and um, they're local and they might even be in another county. They get to drive two hours just to go to this this job or something that's going to it's, it's there's just like I said, like when I first got out of the military, my first job was a field tech one. I had to travel to another state. Like I had to move my family to another, I had to drive to another state and set up shop in another state. Luckily I had a friend here. I stayed with him for a while till I was able to get my own place. And, uh, and then I started this job and the job was not easy. Like the job had us, we were doing like four or five different things. Like we had to do a little scripting. We had to do Unix we had to know Windows. We had to know networking. We had to know SATCOM, which I'd never even done before. I mean, I, yeah, I had to know Linux. I had, I had to know, um, not Linux. I had to know Cisco. Um, and then later on, firewalls. It was ridiculous. We had to know like a full stack of stuff. And they were paying us, I don't know, like we were making like 45 a year. And then they had us traveling to like several countries. And I was always gone. I really had to take, like, I had to, yeah, I had to take one for the team on that first job. The first job is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be fun. But actually, learned quite a bit. 
what was the first IT certification that you got? I got the first one I got was when I was in the military. I got a, a I went to this boot camp and they had us learn like five certifications at once. It was it was brutal. It was a brutal nightmare. And um, talk about death by slides, man. Um, but anyway, there was like they taught us Network Plus, A Plus, CCNA. MCP, which is the Microsoft certification. I don't know if they call it that now. And then there was one other one I don't remember. But the first one of those I got was an A plus certification, CompTIA A plus. And that CompTIA A plus was at the time the hardest certification I'd ever done before because I had never done a certification and I didn't know the jargon. I hadn't been in the field for very long. It was it was new to me. I mean, I, they did send me to like a boot camp or whatever. Um, that like a, the military sends you to their own school. And they cram, it's like they cram an associate's degree level information at you in within like four months. They take a four month period and then you, you they download associate's degree in your head. <laughs> so the best learning you're going to do is when you're actually in the field. But yes, first certification was A plus certification. I'm a financial crimes investigator getting my BS this summer. Um, hoping to get my foot in the door. That's awesome. Wow, that's crazy. Financial crimes investigator. Wow, that's, that sounds very interesting. That sounds like a sounds like a show. You could be on CSI with that one. Um what certs are priority? What certifications are priority? Depends on where you're at. Um, if you're a beginner, if you're an absolute beginner, you know nothing, you're trying to get in this field, but you want to get a certification, I would recommend, there's a few. Um, one would be A-plus certification, just to learn, learn basic IT stuff. If you have, This is if you have no experience, right? No, you're coming in from the ground floor, you know nothing. Like a lot of the IT professionals on here just say, don't get us, don't get a, a plus certification is a waste of your time. I don't know who the hell they're talking to, but that was my first certification. And I thought it was it, it was a very teaching certification. So I would say that one. Another one would be that's a beginner certification. Um, just to learn basic knowledge would probably be that Google IT one. I've heard good things about that one. Keep in mind, these are entry-level certifications. None of them are gonna, it's not gonna get you a hit. A home run. You're not going to make six figures after you get this this certification, right? This is, this is for you to learn. Like you need to learn the basics of information technology, and that's why I recommend those two. Um, I'm trying to think of another good one that's an entry level, probably maybe AWS entry level certification, but that one's kind of expecting you to also know some IT stuff. Um, if you are have been in IT for a while. If, like, let's say you've got six months of help desk experience, six months or more of help desk experience. Don't do A plus. Go for a security plus, um, maybe a CEH to specialize in um, pen testing. Start thinking about specializations. If you want to be a network engineer, it's going to be a CCNA um, certification, or there's an entry level Cisco certification, entry level Juniper certification, entry level Palo Alto certification. Start thinking about specializations. And then if you already have a certification, let's say you already have a security plus, you already have an A plus, you've been doing this for 
a two years or something, three years. Now you want to start thinking about a, a professional level certification. This is just my two cents. I'm sure people disagree with me, but I'm just like from where I'm sitting, having seen my peers glow up, have, doing it myself. Entry level certifications like are you want to use them to learn. Somebody said ISC two squared. So those are fame, the guys who made the famous CISSP, which I have. I have a CISSP, but they all have they also have an entry level certification called a CC or a certified in cybersecurity. And the reason why I didn't mention that one is because it's it's brand new. They ju it just came out. It's not very marketable at the moment. That's going to change because IC two squares is really good at marketing. So, uh, but for now, if you want to learn IT from the ground floor, I would say CompTIA A plus. It's, it's not going to be easy for you if you know nothing. The next level up, you already have help desk. Then you want to start specializing. If you want to do pen testing, CEH. If you want to do, um, if you want to go into um, networking, entry level Cisco certification. If you want to do firewalls, Palo Alto is the hottest one right now. If you want to do cloud technology, AWS, Amazon uh, Cloud uh, Professional. Um, so yeah, that was in the professional levels. CISSP, CEH is also a pretty good certification to get into um cisa cism c risk um those are all great casp all those are great cybersecurity professional level certs if you wanted to go into networking it'd be a ccnp except no substitute if you absolutely positively have to kill everybody in the room <laughs> And you're a network engineer, then CCNP, accept no substitutes. Um, do you recommend software engineering or cybersecurity for newbies in IT? I, I would say King James, it depends on what you wanted to do. If you if you felt like you really wanted to do software engineering and you have a background in cybersecurity, if you have a background, okay, here's what I would do personally as a newbie. If you have a background in uh, any type of background in software engineering, even if you just did it on your own do, using RenPy, or if you just were messing around with it, if you developed your own website at one time and no HTML code and, and uh, cascading style sheets or something like that, um, or if you if you have some background in cybersecurity and you fixed your grandma's computer, you removed the malware from her computer or something you're the resident geek that people say hey could you fix this i think it has software it has something something's wrong with this computer then i would say go where you already have whatever you've touched before go in that direction but before you even specialize you got to work on basic it stuff basic it like what you want to start doing in the very beginning is like fixing computers putting computers together those gamers have the right ideas. Those guys who make their own gaming rigs, that's the kind of stuff you want to do because they have to know what kind of graphics card to use, what kind of graphic cards goes into the slot of the motherboard. How does the motherboard work? What kind of um, what kind of CPU do I need? What kind of RAM do I need? Those are all the basic things that you need to know before you even mess around with software engineering or cybersecurity. That's the foundational stuff that you really need to know.
And that's if you're trying to start in cybersecurity, I'm telling you, like that's that's where you need to start is the ground floor, which is knowing how computers work, how the computer architecture work, how the how the motherboard works with the RAM, works with the storage device, the difference between the storage device and the memory. Um that kind of thing. What's what's a how does a network work? What's IPv4 versus IPv6? You know, basic, basic, basic stuff is where you need to start. Then once you get that foundation, you slowly start to build up your cybersecurity uh, skills because you'll start thinking what what will happen is as you're learning stuff like the the um, how a motherboard works, you'll run across how to hack a motherboard. How to infiltrate? Uh, how to uh, how how a RAM can be exploited, and why you don't want to? What's the best architecture uh, to use that's not going to be exploited? You start to see ways that it can be exploited, and that really helps you out to slowly build up your cybersecurity skill set and knowledge. But you, the first thing is you got to learn the basics. How do you feel about the Google cert? I've never taken the Google certification. A lot of people who talk to me speak highly of it um, or say they have it and got out. This They got it and, and, and they're making like, you know, 30,000, 40,000 a year or something like that. I, I'm not of the mind that you're going to take that certification and make 100,000 with no experience. No, that's that's BS. If somebody's saying that, they're lying. Uh, but can you make, you know, 20, 30,000, 40,000? With that cert, maybe that's possible. That's possible. Um, what do I think about it? Uh, it's, I, I think it's awesome that Google's doing that. I think it's awesome that Amazon's doing that. All the big companies are starting to come out with their own cert path, which I think is great. The more I think the more the better, because it gives more opportunities for people to get into this field. So I think that's great. How marketable is it? That's a different question. <laughs> That's a different question. Um, somebody said, I'm going to purchase your cybersecurity book that you wrote um, with no experience. Is this for people with no experience? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's exactly where I wrote it. If you guys didn't know, um, I'm an author and um, I've got some books out there on Amazon. Just go actually just link a description. Um, link in bio, you can go ahead and check out those books. Not necessarily, you know, you don't, you could probably learn a lot of the stuff from some scrubs on YouTube, but if you want to learn from the best, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta, you gotta come to the best if you want to learn from the best. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm a web developer with two years of experience and I got a security plus. What do you recommend for security? Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, so, LeBron, you got a lot of, of options, man. So, Google this. Do me a favor. Actually, I'll, I'll Google it with you. So, go to Google. Go to your favorite search, Bing, whatever, and then type in app. App security. If you are a developer of any kind... Um, what you need to do right now is look up application security because application security is a specialization that pays pretty good. Um, I would look into application security type jobs and maybe start 
going in that. That's just, just one thing that you could possibly do. So application security, I'm just reading the site right now, uh, describes security measures at the application level uh, that aim to prevent data and code within the app from being stolen or hijacked. So it stops stuff like um, uh, data leaking from the code or people uh, making mistakes in the code that gets it hacked, which is probably the top reason that uh, code is hacked in the first place. And so there's a huge field for this. And uh, off the top of my head, I know a couple of job openings for application security because people are looking for it. So you happen to be a developer with any kind of background in web development or Java scripting or anything, and you have some security, highly valuable. You just need to know how to word it on your resume, keyword being app AppSec, A-P-P-S-E-C. Put that on your resume. And then um, look, I mean, do some do some research yourself on it. Take a take a class on Udemy about AppSec, application security. Just just your your ability to code plus the security plus knowledge. You probably have already done application security and you just didn't know, you just didn't know it. If you go to LinkedIn right now, look for people who have AppSec or application security and read through their resume. You probably have done things that they've done. You just need to put it on your resume. So if I were you, that's what I would do. But you ain't got to listen to me. You do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, what would you recommend for completely no experience in cybersecurity? I'm thinking about changing. Um, what I would do is wherever you're working right now, look for the IT guys. Wherever you're working right now, I don't care if it's a car shop. Look for the IT. There's the IT guys wherever you're working. Wherever you're working, go to the IT guys and talk to them. Ask them how the job is, number one. You might not even want to do this. And then number two, ask them, like, how did they get into it? How did they start working? How did they set up this network for the auto shop, body shop, or whatever, wherever you your job is? Ask them about the job and how they got it and see if you can apply and work with them from where you're working already now if you're fresh out of high school or you just have no you don't have a job not employed right now what could you do um if you have the opportunity go to school go to go to school at a community college they're not expensive go for an associate's degree in um in any kind of it any kind of computer science any kind of computer it could be information technology that's what i have information technology information systems cybersecurity. Computer science doesn't matter. I would recommend one that's not as um, math heavy. Uh, one that doesn't like that would be one with less programming would be IT, information technology, where you're writing papers and shit like that. That's what I would do. And um, start getting your foot in the door, the knowledge. Like you got to start gaining the knowledge to actually build from there. Because your first step, if you're if you got no experience, you got nothing. This is not you're looking at this because it makes money and it's and it's um, it's recession proof. Right. Like maybe that's why you're doing this. And if that's the case and that's great, that's yeah, that's a very good reason to do it. Um, if that's the case, you need to get the knowledge in I.T. Get the knowledge. Talk to those nerds, any kind of nerd geeks around who fix computers. Talk to them because they you might not like it. They, they might say same stuff you don't like. They might say they might say how many hours they work. You might not want to do it. 
So first talk to them. Uh, let me see. I heard that landing a job is tough currently. Is that true? Uh, it's tougher than it was before, but there are jobs. I would say there were more jobs before because the level of offers I was getting before was more. But are there no jobs? No, there's definitely jobs. There's definitely jobs. It's probably harder than it was two years ago, but there's still jobs out there. My career, okay. My career to cybersecurity from AV, aviation uh, mechanic. Oh, okay, yeah. So somebody, uh, my niece's husband had the same path. And so I tell him, just like I told you, man, like you got to know, the, get the knowledge first. If you, if you can, if there's a way for you to switch your career path, your degree um, into IT, that's why I would probably, I'd probably go that direction. Because if you're in AV, if, if you're in aviation, I'm assuming you have some, if you have college credits, you might be able to transfer a lot of those into an IT degree. And then take like a year or two of IT and get yourself a bachelor's degree in, in IT information technology. Um, so that's one option. Um, another thing you could do, being a mechanic, um, you have the mindset for it. You have the patience to learn this stuff. I mean, it's going to be easy for you, to be honest with you, because um, I guarantee you IT is not as hard as what you're doing. Um, I would say start start looking at books of uh, us uh, look at um security plus if you have some it background already don't mess with the a plus if you have if you have no experience whatsoever in it and you just you kind of you're not tech savvy like as far as it and and um, hooking up networks or whatever you don't do that yourself because a lot of people like they're hobbyists already if you're a hobbyist already already you could probably skip the a plus certification but if not, do the A-plus certification to learn. If you are tech savvy, like you build your own computers, you build your own networks, you go straight to something called Security Plus. Um, and then I would say if you have the time, money, and energy to do it, do a degree from, a, from aviation mechanic to, to IT. And then also another thing you probably want to do is look for the IT people there. Wherever you happen to be working, Go find the IT person. I guarantee you have you have a network there. If you have a network, somebody hooked it up. Find the person who hooked that up and go talk to them about working with them. You could there's there might be a situation where you could literally shadow the person who sets up the IT. They might even need people. You'd be surprised. Your organization might be looking for an IT guy, and you might be that IT guy. And then that's how you can get your foot in the door with experience. Even if they give you that, even if they have you shadow on that guy and not pay you, if you could put that shit on your resume, every word you put on your resume about your IT experience at that aviation uh, company is going to be very, very valuable. So I would do it for free if, if you could. I mean, don't offer it for free, but if you can shadow the dude and get paid for it, that's even better. <laughs> uh, let me see. Do you need to be, do you need to code to become a cybersecurity analyst? No. So somebody else asked me if it was, uh, if you need to know math to do cybersecurity. No. Cybersecurity is a very, very broad field. Very broad field. 
there there are some that require heavy mathematics like um crypto analysts have to know math proofs and stuff like they have to know calculus and all kinds of differential equations and all kinds of shit but that's a very narrow there's not many people who do that stuff um other math that i've seen happen uh will be like boolean math but it's that's really easy to do like subnet masking and networking network engineers have to know a little like not even really math i mean it's not even that hard it's not you might not even i mean it's math but it's not hard it's once you get it it's like you got it um and if i'm not i'm not smart at math so if i can do it i'm i'm sure any anybody on this who's listening can do it so um there's that but that's about it i mean there's not really that much there's not really that much mathematics that you have to do and there's no programming i've i make i've been making six figures for i don't know it's been a while man <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while it's been since like 2010 damn yeah 2010 something to 2009 2010 i i have not had none of those jobs i required to have code i didn't have to know code to do any of those jobs including the current one i'm doing right now i don't have to know i mean every now and then like to do splunk um you have to do regular expression but i could just google it or use chat gpt <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so now nah, you don't have to really know code to do cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is a very broad field. So the only ones that are math intense, I would say, would be probably your CCIE, your like your your network architects you might have to do some some heavy Boolean type math, but they have calculators to do that. Help them with that. And then probably the other one would be. Like I said, cybersecurity, I mean, crypto analysts who have to know like math proofs and their whole thing is they're literally mathematicians. Um, that's it. That I, I can't think of any maybe people who there's cybersecurity people who are who are um actual software engineers. There's software engineers who develop um cybersecurity tools. Those probably guys have to know how to code, of course, and then probably have to know some math. But other than that, like most, I'd say 90% of what I do is has nothing to do with math. I mean, 90% of all cybersecurity, there's, there's, it's the hardest thing I do is have to talk to people. That's the hardest thing I do, to be honest. Talking to knuckleheads. I went from full stack to OSCP. Got more fun on this side. Nice. Yeah, because you can you could practically use it. Well, I'm getting a lot. Of, let me see. Any knowledge on 17 Charlie Army? Um, I just passed the cybersecurity test and got a boot camp on 18. 17 Charlie. What is that? I can't remember. I talked about this before. I say cyber security operations specialist, MOS. 17 charlie tasked with safeguarding army intelligence and information they safeguard information and protect digital data maintaining security measures 
and fire. This is kind of what I do in the on the outside. This is a hot, it's a hot ass job on the outside, my brother. If you got this job, congrats. This is uh this is what I do, and, and I'm getting paid. So yeah, do this job for about your enlistment. And then um if you're thinking about getting out, uh it pays, it pays very well out in these parts. <laughs> it pays pretty good. Um well probably some basic algebra would be helpful for modeling. I don't know. FPG uh is saying that math his math is he's used it. But I'm telling you, man, I've been doing this since 2000 and I've been doing cybersecurity since on and off since 2000, year 2000. I I mean, the only time I've used math in, in this job is to do uh, subnet masking. That was it. And coding. I do it on my free time, but my job hasn't. I mean, there was there was some times when I when scripting would have helped out. Like I had all this data and I need to go, like sort through the data or something on some spreadsheets. But that's what Google's for. Like it, it's not I'm not doing this job. I'm not coding all the time, not scripting all the time. It's just something that will help me out sometimes. I would say if you're a hacker, I think hackers need to know how to code somewhat. Like if you're a real hacker, then at some point you're going to have to know how to code. At least scripting. So, but not all cybersecurity is going to require code. I'm planning to take a blue team level one certification as a beginner. What are your, what's your advice? Um, what kind of certification is that? I've never heard of it. Blue team. What is that? Blue team. I'm going to Google it real quick. Blue team. Level. Level one. Cert. They have a Reddit for you. You should probably look that up too, man. There's a looks like there's a Reddit um, post, a Reddit group for this. Is it from Offsec? Is it a SOC 200 Foundational Security Operations and Defense Analysis? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, shit, this is expensive. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Lord in heaven, this is... I'm charging way too cheap. My Lord, God, this is expensive. Damn, I need to raise my prices. These, This is a lot of money, bro. <laughs> Dang, what have I been doing? Maybe I'm in the wrong field. Is this what you're talking about? Let's see how marketable this is. Indeed. Um, 
Let's see. Sock 200. Is your company paying for this? Hmm. Having a hard time finding. Yeah, it's not even finding it. Um, it was called Blue Team. Blue Team Level One. Blue Team Level One. Blue Team Level One. I'm seeing some. Blue team, it's 400 EU on my end. Oh, okay, that's not, we might be looking at the uh, different things, man. I, I've not heard of the cert, the cert that you're talking about. I'm looking for it, and the, the what I came up with was one that is, it's, it's like $2,000, one-time payment. It's some kind of a certification. Um, maybe that you got some kind of a deal. Blue team certification level one. Level one certification. Maybe this is it. Blue team level one certification. I don't know how... So the only thing I would say, my honest, my honest opinion is I don't know how marketable. Let's see. Let's see. I don't want to, I don't want to lie to you, man. I can tell you this. If normally what these organizations are looking for is somebody who, who knows the, they're really looking for somebody with experience in a sock and then the question you should ask yourself is well how do you get experience in a sock in a um a, a, a security operations center how do i get that kind of experience as an analyst well the thing is if you do help desk for a while if you do system admin for a while if you do field tech one for a while you actually learn some of the little bits and pieces of security as you do basic IT stuff. So that's how you get the experience. And that's really what they're looking for. I'm not telling you don't get the cert, but what they're really looking for is experience. I'm just being, I'm just being honest with you guys. I know this is not, you know, what, what you want to hear that what typically what they'll tell you is, Hey, you got to get the cert and click this link below so you can go to my affiliate program so you can buy this thing and i'm not telling you that i'm telling you that, like the truth is listen these guys want experience that's what they want a degree is nice to have it's great to have a degree is great to have um and sometimes they do require it uh, and it's a box it's just a checklist they have a checklist of things okay we this person has to have a bachelor's degree in STEM, this person has to have a security plus, and this person has to have, ex and experience is really what they want. Because when, when you get in, a person like myself, who's doing like three different jobs on a system that has 30,000 
plus devices on it. I'm working my ass off. And when they hire another dude with me, I it's going to take me a while to train that guy. So if this guy at least knows basic stuff, it's going to be faster for me to teach him, and which means less work for me. And we because we could share that load. So if this guy comes in and he already has experience, I can I can train him for three months or maybe even one month or whatever. And this dude hits the ground running and he can do whatever. But if this dude has no doesn't know anything, I'm going to be training this dude for six to eight months. And that's going to take that's more of my time that I have to. You know, that's what they're thinking about. So you the experience really matters. And if you can get your foot in the door. At, at a basic IT, like doing basic help desk stuff, or even if you're a journeyman in a cybersecurity entry level internship or apprenticeship or whatever, like you get the basic experience first, like get that experience. While, and you can even just while you're doing the boot camp, while you're doing your certification, while you're in college, while you're in the military, while you're a seat, a 17 Charlie, whatever, get the experience while you're getting that degree, that cert, that whatever. Because that is really what they they want to be able to you got to be able to hit the ground running in whatever job you're doing or learn just learn very quickly once you come in. So somebody said um, we need to be a little philosophical about this. You need to know things in order to notice things. The only way you're going to be able to recognize a problem is is to associate it with other things. So if you don't know anything, you're not going to be able to associate that problem to figure out how to fix it, to troubleshoot whatever. You know what I mean? So the more you know about basic IT, the better. I think that's what he's saying. Let me see here. Jermaine says, uh, hi, Bruce. I recommended your, I recommend to the CSF kindly to a friend. Oh, I recommended your CSF book to a friend, a cybersecurity. I wrote a book called NIST Cybersecurity Framework. And he says he recommended to a friend to give a review. He wants the RMF one. This is it still available for 99 cents. No. No longer available for 99 cents. Maybe if he emails me, I could hook him up. But um, when I, so every now and then, just so you guys know, I'm an author. So I've been writing a ton of books about the stuff I'm talking to you about. A lot of them already out. I got some more coming out. If you sign up for my newsletter, if you watch these regularly, every now and then I'll offer books for free. I'll do them for 99 cents. I'll even give them. If you're on my newsletter, sometimes I'll just give it to you. I was like. Hey, review this book. Here, here it is for free. Um, and I'm talking about NIST 800. I'm talking about NIST cybersecurity framework. I'm talking about basic cybersecurity stuff, mostly cybersecurity stuff until I can branch out into other things. But right now it's just cybersecurity, um, cybersecurity stuff. And I'm, I'm writing a couple right now. I'm writing one right now about how to do uh, cybersecurity programs. With It has a whole bunch of downloadables and all that. That will be free. So if you follow me on a regular basis, I give out free courses. I'll sometimes I'll do a course and I'll just say, "Hey guys, check out this course. Boom, free." Or 
it, it's a it's a thousand dollar course and I give it to you eight for 80 bucks or whatever, 30 bucks, sometimes free, like sometimes literally free. Like, hey, check this out. So books, courses, downloadables. My resume right now is free. Like my, you could download my resume. That's in a it's in a dot doc. Download it with all kinds of other templates that you can use for yourself to you can use that to say, OK, how how can I use Bruce's successful resume? And use that's like the same kind of rhythm that he has to use for mine. I'm just trying to help people out. You know, otherwise it's just sitting there. So my way of saying thanks. Is AI a threat? Um, you have written about is AI a threat you have written about. So AI, I think, is a is a is a great tool. I don't think it's a threat. I think it's a great tool. It's gonna it's it's a threat um for the future. I, I suppose you could see it as a threat to uh to our species in that we're gonna rely on it heavily, just like the phone. It'll have the same impact or more than the phone than the phone will. If you think that this is a, a threat to humanity because how all of us are obsessed with the content on these, then sure. Um, yeah, it's going to be a threat for sure. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, you can use it as a tool right now. Right now, you know, uh, use it as a tool to help enhance um your skills like there's a ton of people asking me how to how what certification should i get um what how do i do my resume like literally the ai can help you out with everything you're asking me it is is very powerful does it have all the answers no a lot of times it's absolutely wrong it's absolutely wrong like i use it quite a bit and i can tell you sometimes it just it's very confidently tells me wrong information. <laughs> so it's not it's not quite there yet, but I, I don't think it's a threat right now. Um, to our species down the road, in the same way that we're very much, much more reliable on phones and social media, yes, absolutely. Yeah, does it, it's we're gonna change. Hum, humans are not gonna be the same anymore after after our AI. Do people want things spoon-fed to them? People want things given to them, not to spoon-fed. They want they want them given to them. Um, and actually, what's cool is the perspective. So what I offer, if you take my courses or my books, um, it's it's a perspective, like my perspective from somebody who's working in this field, which a lot of, to be honest, like some of my coworkers are way smarter than me at this stuff. But the difference is they're not they're not live every Saturday telling anything. They're not saying this stuff, you know. So that's the difference. They're way smarter than me, but they're not saying nothing. <laughs> you know, like you have you got something here. I'm, I'm telling you my perspective on somebody who's been doing this for a while. Uh, what kinds of things can I do 
to stand out to an employer? What kinds of jobs should I be looking for? So Toby, what I do, what's been working for me is, is look at the demand that's in the market. This is what I do. I look at the demand that's in the market. I'll go to LinkedIn and I'll look at other people's resume to see in my field. It's got to be targeted. So one of the mistakes that a lot of people do is that they're too broad with what they're looking for. Like if they want to be in cybersecurity, they'll say cybersecurity specialists or cybersecurity jobs or something like that. You want to be specialized. So what I do is I type in my specialization, which is risk management framework. I'll type in RMF. That's very specialized. Then I'll look at people. I'll look at what those people are putting on their resume. And then I'll look at jobs. What are the jobs looking for? What are the key words and phrases that they're looking for for me to, to do? And now I'm targeting a specific market. And you want to put that on your resume. If you if you can, if you're if you're a generalist, like if you don't have a lot of experience in this, you're just a help desk dude. You've been doing this for two years or whatever. Here, here's the thing. So you can still start to specialize as a help desk guy. If you have two years of experience on help desk, I guarantee you've done some specializations. There's there's a bunch of tools that are very, very hot, very hot. If you've ever worked with a tool called ServiceNow. If you've ever worked with a tool with any kind of scanning tools, any kind of scanning tools, if you've done anything with the results of the scanning tools, that's a specialization. If you've ever messed with audit logs, if you've reviewed audit logs, if you've turned audit logs on, if you that's a specialized skills, people just don't know that it's specialized. But if you do what I'm telling you to do, you'll find those specialized skills because people will be listing them in their job descriptions of what they want you to do. Um, another one is a tool called Jira. If you've ever worked with that one, you need to put that on your resume. If you've ever worked with any kind of SIEM tools, that's a security information event manager, any kind of event manager, anything, any kind of security tool, you need to put that on your resume. These are all specializations that you can use to make yourself stand out because Jira ticketing system. Yeah. So Jira has many different things that it can do. Like it's not just ticketing system. It's all kinds. of It can do all kinds of stuff, but you put that on your resume. People are looking for that. For experience with that many people, the last interviews I did. Three out of five people that interviewed me asked me about freaking Jira. I was like, I didn't even know what it was, I was like, no, I'm, I don't know what that is. I did not know what it was. But it's right now, everybody's using it like <laughs> event managers. Yeah, event manager. If you have experience with that, Wireshark, NMAP. See, people are naming them. Uh, 3D, three-dimensional awareness. I don't know what that is at all. <laughs> um, yeah, but any kind of tools, any kind of tools, like you want to put those on your on your resume so people know. So here's the thing, Toby, if you're still watching. So when, see this from, the technical people's, uh, the uh, technical recruiter's perspective, from the hiring manager's perspective, from HR department's perspective. These guys aren't in our field. They're not an IT person. They're not an uh, engineer. They're not a professional. They're not in your field. They're, they're professional in their own field. So a lot of times all they have is keywords to go by. So if they're looking for a 
compliance guy, their client, their corporation or whoever, and the managers say, hey, look, we're looking for a person to do this job description. Here you go. And we're looking for them to do these things. Here's the skills. Here's what we prefer they do. But here's what we require. And all they're going to do is take that and upload it into uh, Monster, into Dice, into Indeed, into all these different um, search engines. And that's why I emphasize, because they're all going to the search engines. It's all aggregated to the search engines. Go to those job search engines. Put your resume there. From their perspective, when they're looking for you, they're looking for specific keywords. They're looking for, is this guy, does this guy know Jira? Like, what's his skill set on Jira? Is he, what's his experience level with it? What's this guy's experience with ServiceNow? They don't call it ServiceNow, it's called something else. But what's this guy, what kind of scanners has this person used before? Oh, Oh, they use Tenable? No, we need Qualys. But if they know one scanner, maybe they know this other one. You got to put all that on your resume. And that making yourself attractive to those people who are looking for you is how you stand out. Um, what you want to do is satisfy their demand. They have a demand that they're trying to meet. You need to satisfy it by putting it on your resume. And that's why I'm constantly getting people constantly getting people uh, asking me to to join their organizations because of that um let me see I'll, I'll read a couple more what if I just finished a cybersecurity class and have no experience what do I put on my resume um what skills do you have I put my skills you can still put what college you're in you can put the college even if you haven't finished the college or or uh, or whatever lesson you're doing, you could put that organization that you're going to to learn under the education part of your ATS style resume. Um, you could put all the skills that you've, you're learning, like if you're learning Qualys in that class or scanning devices, you could put that on there. If you're using Wireshark on their class, you put that on there. If you know another language, you can put that on there. Your resume, if you know. Um, uh, what else could you put on your resume? Um, projects. You can actually put projects. You can list projects that you've done. Like let's say in your class. I remember when I was in school, What we one of the coolest things we did was my instructor said to bring everybody bring your computers. We all brought one computer. And we made a network in the class and we set up firewalls. We set up firewalls in the class. That was something I could have listed in my resume and said, hey, I know how to use I've set up a Palo Alto firewall, wherever firewall we used at that time, you know. And then when they ask me in the interview, if I if I get lucky enough to score an interview, I could tell them, yeah, we in our class we set up this firewall, and we were we here's what we did and stuff like that. So those are things you could put on your profile of your on your profile of LinkedIn. Wandering, if you're still watching me, wandering, I'm telling you exactly what to do. So what you want to do, <laughs> what you want to do. It's going on LinkedIn, go to Monster, go to Indeed, go to Career Builder, and make a profile on all of those and put the skill sets that you have on there. And then put on there that you're put on, be frank, be like, I'm I'm new to this field. I'm excited about joining a, a security operating center and willing to do shift work, willing to travel, willing to do whatever. Like put that on your resume, on the on the profile of those sites. That's what I would do.
Mm, let me see. If you're an ISO already, what do you do to grow? That's actually, Christopher, that's a great question. Many years ago, I'd been, I'd been an ISO for like 15 years and I was just, I was just bored out of my mind and I wasn't, my technical skills were, were waning. Um, so what I did was I stepped out of the career path for a while because I just wasn't growing and I, I missed the technical side of it because I, ISO stuff's not the very technical, right? Just not, it's, it's a lot of, it's like program manager type stuff because, and you just don't have a lot of hands-on usually. You know, at the job I'm at now, it's more hands-on, but at previous ones, it was purely meetings. Um, so that said, I, I I stepped out of the field for a while and I started applying for different jobs. I applied for cybersecurity analyst job. And since I was brand new, there weren't a lot of jobs for somebody who didn't have the skill sets that they were looking for. Um, I had I had a background in network engineering at the time, but I didn't have what they were specifically looking for. So what I did was I applied for a job overseas. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't easy that it paid good. And there was like a tax benefit to it or whatever, but it wasn't easy. I was away from my family for a while. I mean, it was brutal, man. I mean, I'm paying for the price for that to this day, but my career, my career grew a little bit um, from that from that move, you know? So that's one thing you can do is take a, make a sacrifice and move to another career field. I would highly recommend cybersecurity analyst work. And another thing you can do, if you don't want to do all that, if you want to keep your job and everything is do some side gigs and, um, and do some side technical work, like do some part-time. If you're, if you're a contractor, wherever you're working allows that, you know, you don't want any conflicts of interest or anything like that happening. That's not worth it, especially if you have a good job. Is um, do some side gigs where you do, you know, maybe help somebody with their firewall or help somebody with their some kind of uh, systems that they have, their Splunk system or whatever. If you happen to be have that skill set. Another thing that that I've done in the past is um, I'll set up my own home lab and mess around with. My favorite to use is uh, VMware. You can use virtualized environments to set up networks and have them talk to each other and, and play and mess with them that way. So that's another thing you can do. You can also get certifications. Nothing stopping you from going ahead and getting some other certifications. You can get some hacker certifications if you want. Like just do that on your own time. Go ahead and go for the OSC, OSCP. Get certifications like that or get vendor level certifications, Splunk certifications or you know, those are some of the things that you could do that will help you out quite a bit. Um, all right, guys, I think I think I'm about to get out of here. Somebody said I just passed the Security Plus exam today. Hey, congrats. Congratulations. That's a great certification. It's one of my favorite certifications of all times. Uh, it's definitely marketable. So congratulations for getting that Security Plus it's not an easy certification and it's highly respected. The government knows about it in several different countries, several different country governments 
uh, know about it. It's many, all industries know about that cert. So that's a great cert. Make sure you put it on your resume. Um, that is awesome. Congrats. But I'm about to get out of here, guys. I've been talking for about two hours. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, uh, FPG, for all your comments, um, helping people out, putting your perspective in there. Thank you, uh, Toby and everybody else who, who jumped on here, helping each other, having a conversation. That's really what this channel for me is all about. And I will, I will try to do one tomorrow. No guarantees. I got other stuff. I got some books to write. So maybe not. But thank you guys so much. I will talk to you guys later. See.